When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Bonjour, comment ça va? Welcome to the Loot Podcast. <laughs> wow. My name, my name is Achiel, and I am joined by the person who cuts up my calamari for me. It is Dr. Amanda. Ooh la la. That's about all of the French I can remember from my two years of high school French. Oh, Oh my Ariel, that was the, you really caught me off guard with that beautiful, <laughs> the beautiful, perfect French introduction. That's a little bit advanced for me. That's a little bit above oh. where I'm at. My um, favorite part was like the German that I threw in. Welcome in. Well, I I mean, so I just came from Puerto Rico. So I, I do have romance uh, languages on, on the brain. In our pre-podcast ah. banter, I greeted Ariel with hola. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ooh la la, right back to you. <laughs> yeah. No, but this is incredible. Uh, we're both so refreshed and mm -hmm. so ready to be here yes. for Loot Episode 7 of Season 1. Now now I've been labeling everything Season 1, Episode 7, because I'm not sure that we discussed... I think we probably discussed it already at some point, but this got picked up for Season 2. Renewed so, you know, for we're... Season 2. Great news for everybody. Yes. Um, and we need to, we, we need to uh, label things properly for our 
you know, back of house reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, but this episode is appropriately titled French Connection. French Connection. And this is, uh, you know, this is a reference to the uh, 1971 film, The French Connection. Have you seen that film, Ariel? I believe that, I okay, I am 93% sure that I saw it at one of these like outdoor park screenings. Oh. Um, one summer where it was way too hot and I probably started to fall asleep and was eaten by mosquitoes. But I do remember enjoying it. And there was a chase. I believe there was a very long, famous chase in the movie that I've seen. Wow. I So I have never seen, um, I've never seen the French Connection <laughs> film. I have not, but I have a French Connection connection. It sounded like a test. Okay, what's your connection? My connection to the French Connection is rumor has it that one of my uncle's was the evidence cop who was on duty when the French Connection heroin got stolen. Oh my God. So like the real life. The real life French Connection. Wow. Oh, the one that the movie's based on. Yes. Wow. I was like, they used real heroin in the <laughs> movies? <laughs> It's based that's on a such, true. That's such a choice. I think it's based on a true story about yes, no, thirty-two right. million dollars worth of heroin that was mm -hmm. smuggled from France to New York, and uh, my great uncle was somehow implicated in this. Oh my god! It's all making sense. It's that's... all. It's all connected. That's how you were able to become a doctor because of, <laughs> because of residuals from that. No, yes, uh, we exactly nothing, still live. Nothing still... but hard work here. <laughs> Just like me and uh and and Molly Wells, nothing but hard mm -hmm. work uh, behind our great successes in life. Um, mm -hmm. so we're going to talk about this great episode. Um, what are your overall thoughts, um, Ariel, about this about this episode of Loot? I really had fun. I thought it was a sweet episode. Like I found myself thinking this show is, is it's, it's such a joy to watch. And we've said this before, but like it really, is, you know, now having this like body of episodes and we're obviously, well, we're uh, way past the side of the halfway mark. We only have three episodes left after this one. Sad eyes. Mm -hmm. uh, tears is what I meant to say, not eyes. Um, and I feel like I'm going to miss it. And it's, you know, even though some of the episodes haven't been as high as others, I think overall it's been pretty consistent with the character work and we have our characters that we love, that we love talking mm -hmm. about. And I don't know. I just, I, I found myself feeling like I'm so happy we have this show and I'm so happy I get to talk about it with you. Oh, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, this was another great episode. I really enjoyed this one. I think that we're still like getting a lot of um of 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 really good stuff from some of our favorite performances so far in the series obviously you know lots of opportunities for Maya Rudolph here we're going to see some of that Nicholas Howard relationship that we really love i'm i am really feeling like Rhonda and Ainsley are so underutilized at this point that it's starting to yeah. bother me that they're not like giving them any plot lines of their own. Um, but otherwise, good Sophia stuff here. Another really fun episode. Yeah, I think that's really, that's a great point about the Rhonda and Ainsley of it all. And I think 
you know, in the beginning to that point, you know, in the beginning, Ainsley wasn't even in the first episode, if I'm remembering correctly. And I believe Rhonda was. And it was one of it felt to me like one of those classic like pilot re uh, recalibrations of like, mm-hmm. we need this X kind of character. That's what we're missing. Mm-hmm. And then all this time later, like all these episodes later, it's like, OK, it's normal for them to not have a storyline in the beginning. We're like fleshing out the quote unquote more important people. But now. They're very funny. They're so, I think the right. point we're like dancing around is they're so effective. Why aren't you using them more? Right, right. So we'll see. Maybe maybe we'll get, maybe that's like a season two. We'll get more from them. Like maybe they're more of the background characters uh, for now. But I think I would like to see, because it feels like, you know, we're like aside from Sophia and Molly that we've like, you know, I guess, I guess that, that, that we're sort of focusing on them up front, but it's like more of the every 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 man in the office is getting a little something, but Rhonda and Ainsley have not really had had their time to shine. That's true. I don't like that. I don't like that gender imbalance that we have in this mm. in this office or at least in the cast, maybe not in the office itself. Um, but we're not going to start in the office, Ariel. We're going to start at uh, an event, a student art center for underserved communities, uh, where the Molly is introducing a dance crew, the Cerritos Smooth Grooves. Smooth Grooves. It's it's such a weird name. Like I can't really tell what it's supposed to do. <laughs> like I'm like Dorito or not Dor- uh, not not Dorito. What's the other thing? The um. I was thinking of like Cheetos. Smooth. Uh, like, my brain okay. is going in all these different places. I can't really tell what the reference is. So you're thinking it's you're thinking a snack food that has grooves in it. Yes, exactly. That's like a, for that's dipping to make, it, to make it better for dipping, obviously. Yeah, or just to give it like texture for when you're like chewing mm-hmm, on it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have like a dance crew. I think that these kids look about like medium size on the post show recaps, children's scale. Yeah. <laughs> so I think medi- that totally tracks. Medium sized children. Molly's grooving on the sidelines and they're going to invite her to join in. And she's just going to jump in the middle of the performance sort of awkwardly. Um, she's doing like some kind of like, she's very, she's giving very like aunt at a wedding. Yes. But like in a way that actually, so like to your point, she's, it's awkward, but I think it's like on, on it's still on this side of cool. Like mm, for for cool something aunt. that cool and yeah, for something that is uh is not staged, it seems like it's very much uh, of the moment, spur of the moment thing. Mm-hmm. She's got like pretty good moves. Like mm. it, it was giving me a little bit like when um I can't remember what the event was, but like when Michelle Obama was like, oh, all of a sudden she was dancing. And I was like, yes, this is actually really good. I was like ready to be embarrassed. (laughs) There is no, there is that feeling when somebody starts dancing, you're like, ooh, am I going to have to feel secondhand embarrassment about (laughs) it? It's like, don't do that to me, please. I'm starting to get stressed. I'm going to be at a wedding in a few days. And I'm just like, oh no, this is going to be me. You're going to be doing you're are you going to be wearing like a, a green metallic number, Ariel? I call it my my smooth Cerrito. No, it's smooth- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was very like Charleston. Like she's doing like mm. the knees, the knee swipe, the I guess you can call yeah. it. Um, but in a cool way, in a way that you don't really see it anymore. I don't know. I was a fan. You're a fan. Um, you know who else is a fan? Jean Pierre is going to show up out of nowhere, um, and um, 
Molly is, you know, she's 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 verklempt when she sees Jean Pierre. Mm -hmm. That's that's my that's my foreign language speaking. Um, and she <laughs> throws sprinkle in a little Yiddish. Um, and she's uh -huh. going to um come and I think like what what does she say? Like she says like um. Says, oh yeah, she says like uh, comment bon, comment she says something about yeah, je m'appelle podcast. <laughs> um, she she asked him a question and then he answers it and she's like, Bleh, yeah, you lost me. Yeah, she says, did you say something about a long tongue? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some great lines this episode, and that's definitely one of them. Um, Nicholas and the crew are watching this little conversation take place from the sidelines, and he's like, and Nicholas is sort of doing the play-by-play. -play. He's like, stop sweating, stop sweating, and he turns around to this random person behind him, and he says, go get a fan or I'll kill you. Or I'll kill you. This is amazing stuff for Nicholas. This is like top tier. He has a great, I mean, we love him. We love Nicholas so much. I, I, I love Nicholas. I love Nicholas. I think that Nicholas, I think if we do, maybe we'll do this at some point. Maybe we should, we could do MVPs of the episode. Oh, Nicholas ooh. is one of my, or maybe at the end of the season, we could do. Yeah. We'll character, do like character ranking. Character, uh, character power rankings. But um, I've, yeah. I've been loving everything Nicholas is giving here. Um, Jean-Pierre is going to say, you know, he was in the neighborhood and he stopped by um, and he would love to invite Molly to dinner so they could talk about working on a project together. Um, Nicholas is kind of run up to Molly uh, with a fan and say, oh, my gosh, you're so dewy. I will spend the rest of my life making this up to you. <laughs> She's like, do I smell weird? I think, I think he's start he think he got me uh, start ovulating, <laughs> which I mean, looking at her, that sounds right. I feel like yeah, right. yeah. Well, good for her. Obviously, <laughs> the kind of thing you can just tell age. by looking oh, at yeah. someone. <laughs> she has that aura. She has an ovulating aura. Um, mm -hmm. Then after the credit sequence, we're going to the office, um, and Molly is talking to the crew about this invitation. She doesn't think that Jean Pierre likes her in that way because men like that only date models or Baldwin daughters. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed so hard. <laughs> this is what I love. Okay, just just a note about the overall comedy because we've yeah. said that we like this episode so much. And particularly in the Nicholas, um, I think Nicholas does this the most, but the yeah. show overall, when you can um you write a piece of dialogue you won because we're all writers, right? Uh <laughs> when they write a piece of dialogue that simultaneously feels so of a particular character but is also very surprising at the same time that's right, where like yeah, the true yeah. comedy comes from where it's like somehow a zig when you thought the character was gonna zag but like it still feels so them it's it's incredible stuff like there's there's so much gold it's great it's great i'm looking up the baldwin daughters right now and i think i think i think that uh the that uh molly compares favorably to some of these baldwin daughters Yes, they're apparently way more than I knew about. I mean, I I only know about the the Bieber one. Uh huh. Well, there's you know you have you have so many Baldwin. It's like um it's like yes, exponential. Yes, yes. Like every right. every, <laughs> every generation of Baldwins. Baldwin more. begets Baldwin. <laughs> Baldwin to the Baldwin power. Um, scary thoughts. Scary thoughts. Uh, um. And Nicholas is going to disagree. He says, Molly, he followed you to Cerritos. And the only people who go to Cerritos are in love or trapped in a trunk. 
<laughs> that's really dark. Yeah, that's right. I don't know if that checks out. I don't know about I don't know about Sarita. Yeah, I don't know about the, do not like do but not. the the dance group seemed lovely. So I would go, I would go just to see them. That's true. The With those purple, smooth. like purple windbreakers. Mm -hmm. Very yeah. bright. I say yes. Smooth moves. Was that yes. what they were called? The smooth grooves. grooves. <laughs> but smooth moves, yes. Maybe that's what it is. Ugh. We just figured it out. We just workshopped it. Um, uh -huh. Rhonda, I think in her one line of the episode, is going to tell Molly that her aura is orange, which is the color of arousal. <laughs> Rhonda is clearly like the the uh, quote-unquote lowercase lovingly, I say this, like weirdo. And that's how she's oh, presented yeah. as far as like the the office dynamic. But yeah, I mean, to our previous point, let's see more of her. But her her best moments have been weird stuff like this, where it's yeah. like a one-off and then it's like, oh, wait, I want more, but you can't get more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, she's got like these crazy cat lady vibes. Like, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I would love to see some more of Rhonda. Like, let's get, uh, let's get a little bit of Rhonda's backstory. Let's go to her apartment. Let's see those cats. Oh um, <laughs> a, a Rhonda only episode. It's coming. Oh, it's coming. oh, wow. Yeah, just slice of life, Rhonda. Um, mm -hmm. Howard is going to say that, um, you know, maybe John Pierre is planning a ransom or Taken style kidnapping <laughs> because of Hollywood has taught me one thing: it's don't trust Europeans. <laughs> yikes yikes what an indictment of an entire wow continent. i mean but if you're going to attack a continent i would say go your europe is is a good one like it's it has it's it's uh it's due for uh your safest yeah i yeah. think everybody i yeah. think uh most people have been dinged by at least a couple of countries in uh right in right yeah let's go for the colonizers folks that's yes. <laughs> colonizers uh, are fair colonizers game. for 700 please <laughs> Um, they're going to go, Ainsley's going to pull up her laptop, um, which is connected to the projector to check his socials. And we see the wallpaper on her screen and it's her mm -hmm. family at Disney. And she goes, that's my family. I'm sorry. We're all white. <laughs> and I love just like the collective. Yeah. Like, yeah. very pale <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a very yeah the Ainsley's family looks exactly how you would expect them to look um mm -hmm. Sophia's gonna walk in and ask if any work is going on and without skipping a beat Nicholas says yeah we're looking up a hot guy to see if he's single I laughed so hard when Sophia walked in she's like is there any work being done <laughs> like she's tired of their shenanigans it's so good um and then but Sophia is in right away she like moves Ainsley over and she's like and she just immediately gets to work click 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 mm -hmm. click click and she goes okay not married red flag and over 40 but not bad for a billionaire friend group mm -hmm. pretty diverse nothing on reddit here's a picture of him with Ashton Kutcher and then everybody goes, <laughs> Sophia basically a hacker like the way Ooh, she is manipulating yes. the computer so and just like the way her head is moving back and forth it's just so no, it's funny just She's in the it's zone incredible. here. Yeah. An incredible moment from Sophia. We're <laughs> learning so much about her here. Um, yeah. So Sophia deduces that John Pierre broke up with his girlfriend nine months ago by tracking the pattern of couples photos to dog mm -hmm. photos. And then like mm -hmm. the marathon training, she pieces it all together. Very mm -hmm. impressive work. Um, and Sophia explains that she has a lot of exes and she lives for this shit. Um, 
So while all of this is happening, happening, Molly's going to get the text from John Pierre inviting her to dinner. And I love this from Howard. She says, if he takes you, do not resist. Use your sense of smell to figure out what city you're in and we will find you. How would we, how would she even get that message? (laughs) We will find you. It's really funny uh from howard the do not resist like do not they're they're really they're really taking this taken they're really taking this taken Mm. theme far Mm -hmm. here so ariel what are some of your smell cues for different cities oh god well i will say maybe not for different i mean Anytime I go somewhere that's not New York, inevitably at some point I'm like, wow, the air is so fresh here. Uh, <laughs> so like immediately, immediately the lack of like air pollution, I was like, hmm, not New York. <laughs> like, I'm not home. And I will say definitely um, the different neighborhoods are of New York like have certain smells. Like I, I'm thinking like flushing in the summer when it's like really gross and there's a lot of like, fish entrails mm-hmm. like in the from the delivery trucks it's a big mood and usually yeah. the mood yeah. is like green vomit emoji <laughs> yeah i wonder if we should we could work out a code right here ariel on the podcast so that if you ever get kidnapped i can know mm-hmm. oh he smells fish guts that means he's in flushing Yes, if I ever say the air here is so clean and I'm supposed to be at home mm-hmm. then you know something's <laughs> wrong <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking like maybe you could you could get like sea air. I feel like the bread factory is one yes. that they've used before. They're like, I smell fresh. Oh, they must be near the bread I smell factory. Bread is it yeah. brown bread? Oh, it better be brown bread because I called ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so back in the cubicles, we have Howard is bringing Nicholas a present to congratulate him for getting a role in the play. Congrats. Did we know that about Nicholas? Did we know that he nailed the audition? Or is this the reveal? We, I believe this is the reveal. Like we got the sense that the audition had gone well, just based on like, he mm-hmm. came back in, I think the last time we saw from what I remember is like, he can't, he had like temporarily walked away from the audition because he was really, really intimidated. And then he like came back um but uh yeah i think this is i think this is the show telling us not only that he got it but just like doubling down on uh their relationship and that they're like speaking all the time and that like clearly nicholas from what we know nicholas he's not sharing that with everyone literally with anyone ostensibly only howard right right um so this is very sweet and uh howard's gonna give him some books, respect for acting, and an actor prepares. And I watched this with my husband, who was an actor. He's like, he's like, oh, every actor has those books. Um, but also, mm-hmm. <laughs> print, printed out tweets from Randy Quaid. And <laughs> Howard adds, some are about acting, and some are about being a fugitive from a government conspiracy. It's not clear which is which. And then, <laughs> an example is, you must behave truthfully, even under imaginary circumstances. This feels okay. I, I I'm just gonna say this. This feels a little bit like some Rickon stuff, right? From the book from Severance. Like, oh, it's a li- maybe. Like I don't think it's I don't think it's quite like uh, vapid enough, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like approaching that. It, maybe that's what we it reminded me maybe of. we should be feeding Randy Quaid quotes into the UUR bot. Then, if that's the case, <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm looking at Randy Quaid's Twitter right now. It sounds like. This Ooh. is a good follow, potentially. Can you tell the difference? 
<laughs> America has not prepared. Wait, Biden has not prepared America for his passing at his age. Woof, 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 and woof, woof, woof. Okay, we're just going <laughs> to All right, abort, abort mission, abort mission. It's me like uh, backing up. <laughs> But yeah, Randy Quaid. Uh, Randy Quaid. I not definitely, definitely a, a more controversial Quaid than Dennis. Mm. Like I think we can say that for sure. Yeah. Wow. Oh, there's a lot, guys. Just look, look at this. He's he's got a lot to say. He's got a lot to say. <laughs> um, not necessarily the Twitter account I would go to for acting advice, but it looks mm-hmm. like looks like a, a an entertaining follow nonetheless. Okay, um, and Nicholas is going to go on to say that one of the reasons he's so hot is that he's emotionally unavailable from everybody, for everybody around him. That was so funny. <laughs> And so real, like it's yeah. it's funnier because we have seen him do that to other people. And like, we didn't even get his storyline or get any storyline of his for a while. And we just know he has his rules. He doesn't text people back. He only mm-hmm. does certain things a certain way. Like he's very um, intentional with his energy. And this is a hilarious summation of all of that. <laughs> he's got that like unattainableness that makes you know, it him mm-hmm. more desirable. And the reason that I am not hot is because I'm extremely emotionally available <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> so that's word word to the wise. Word to the wise. Um this reminds me of like one of my best friends is like you can't smile in your pictures. And in fairness to him, he wasn't like saying me specifically. He was just saying in general he like just, he just doesn't want to see you happy. The <laughs> he hates me. The pic just his point was like the picture will look better if you're not smiling kind of thing like i mean i guess in fairness this was like a dating thing specifically not just like mm-hmm. pictures in life mm-hmm. um so i think my you know my friend clearly studies at the nicholas mm. school of uh emotional unavailability i see well so, so, like don't you want to mix do you want to have like one i mean i don't know this whole the whole dating picture prof, app profile mm-hmm. game but do you do you want to have one like picture to like make you look like happy and approachable i do I do, but apparently the world says no. The world has told me mm. nine. Okay. To use a different point. Nine. No, the, the world has told me no. 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 Yes, exactly. Um, I remember. I remember. I know how to say that now. Um, but Howard agrees that that's one of Nicholas's best qualities. Um, but Nicholas will be sincere here and tell like Howard has been really nice getting to know him. Um, and you know, he appreciates like the support that he's gotten from him. And then Howard's going to tell Nicholas, it's time to return the favor by meeting Tanya for dinner. Um, and Nicholas is going to say, now what you've just done is trap me. And I respect that. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) Again, Nicholas is incredible here. He's like, I love it. You got me. And that was so well executed. And now I have to go along with it. It's like. He out Nicholas Nicholas. Mm, exactly. He's learned so much. Um, so they're mm. gonna meet at 415 at the Cheesecake Factory. What kind of cockamamie geriatric time is this? No. I cannot abide. No, cannot no abide. excuse. Like if you you're totally right, Ariel. It's like you have to be over 70 or under six in order yeah. for this to be like 
a this dinner is like nap time. time. No, this is just terrible. It's oh, I hate I hate everything about this. And then they mm. leave and it's like still like bright sunlight out. No, this is terrible. Terrible dinner time. Um, yeah, I don't want that. I want the darkness to like cover the shame, my shame. Oh, when you leave, yeah, when you leave the cheesecake factory. <laughs> when you leave the cheesecake factory, you want the cover of night. That's what you mm -hmm. want. Um, <laughs> back in Molly's office, Arthur is going to come in, but Molly's got racks and racks of clothes there. She's picking out an outfit for her. Is it a date with Jean Pierre? Mm -hmm. Nobody knows. No one knows. Um, Arthur says, you're going to serve up some looks. <laughs> Luke. oh, <yeah. laughs> Serving looks. And he's like, I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know why I said that. He immediately recognizes the foolishness of the comment. Mm -hmm. Just like when I was reading that Randy Quaid tweet. It was like somewhere in the middle of yeah. it coming out. That was serving a different kind of Luke. <laughs> that was a Twitter Luke. <laughs> uh, um. Arthur can relate. He had trouble deciding what to wear on his first date after his divorce. And he decided to wear a blue shirt, khakis, and a tie. And Molly's like, oh, so what you're wearing right now. Mm -hmm. And for a second, I thought this was that was like going somewhere else where he was like, oh, my date is tonight. Like it was like a Nicholas type like bait and switch. But mm. Arthur isn't. That's not really Arthur's speed. Yeah, I think it's like the implication is that that's the only thing he has. That's to the wear. only thing he wears. Yeah. And I did notice I'm on I'm on cuff watch. Oh, good. Still, still a little Ooh. over the thumb uh, connector. I don't know what you call it. The piece, like yeah. the thumb ham. The thumb ham. <laughs> that connect the thumb to the yeah. To the it, palm. it does look like a ham. Yes, it really my, my, does. Mine on my right. Wait, yeah, mine on my right side is a little bit bigger than the one on the left mm. side because I played the violin for. Oh, wow. Yeah. Or as they would say in, in Spain, Ariel, a jamón, right? <laughs> I thought you were saying the word wow in Spanish. <laughs> so I was like, that's not how you say it. It is not jamón. <laughs> Incredible stuff. We're very international today on this uh -huh. episode. This of episode is sponsored by the world. <laughs> Sponsored by the colonizers. <laughs> no, no, no. X, X, X. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. 
And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. So Arthur's going to give Molly some very surprising fashion advice. And he's going to say, like, you know what they say in hiking, wear layers and prepare for anything. And and that, you know, that inspires Molly. That gives her an idea. It inspires her. It inspires a Luke, I guess. A Luke, yes. Um, and they're really kind of like hearkening back to like, we're not done with this Arthur Molly romance thing. Like they cooled it for Mm -hmm. an episode or two but like it's definitely rearing its head again with arthur expressing like some sense of jealousy and he's gonna say that she'll she'll look great no matter what she wears yeah it's 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 interesting to me because i am a sucker for this kind of stuff and like the Mm -hmm. mud it's realistic again like we're we're, we've been trying to like notice our feelings about this and try to like Mm -hmm. um just honestly gauge how much of this will they won't they that they may or may not be even the show is like is this a will they won't they will they won't they and are mm-hmm. we doing this but uh like does it feel authentic and i think that is that they're very relatable thing of whether the attraction was mutual or not in this case it was that like oh you're moving on kind of and like i'm gonna feel a certain way about that so that part reads authentic so so far so good with this for me for this particular episode right it sort of like kind of gives us a little bit of a hint that like maybe this molly and jean pierre thing is not going to be like the end all be all like that we're not supposed to throw all of our investment into molly and jean pierre working out because we're sort of reminded that arthur still has these feelings for molly yes i think that's a great point because especially with how some of the rest of the episode goes of like what is actually happening um, and there's some confusion to come. I think this feeds that possible confusion as a viewer who's like paying attention to all this stuff. You're tracking, okay, Arthur's back to feeling that way. Does that mean that you're like, the show is giving you no reason to think that Molly is wrong for being confused, I guess is what I right Specifically as far as like the Jean-Pierre stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, at Jean-Pierre's vineyard, we see Molly arriving by car and she took Arthur's advice. She's wearing a very cute black dress and over it, she's wearing a scarf. So she has her layer so she could sort of mm-hmm. be more or less revealing with her neckline. Yeah, an, an initial like asymmetrical configuration. Yeah, she sort of has these like levels. So it's like she could have both of her <laughs> shoulders and her like neckline covered, or she can go like jaunty off to the side and sort of reveal mm-hmm. one shoulder, or she could just take off the scarf entirely. So she's got mm-hmm. like levels of like business to date on this mm-hmm. outfit. Um, business cash, if you will. <laughs> to use another confusing term. We'll get we'll get to the yes, confusing. Yes, it's a very versatile term. Um mm-hmm. When she arrives, Jean-Pierre is, like, looking, like, very manual labory. He's, like, under mm-hmm. some distilling machine, and he apologizes for being covered in grease. And Molly says, oh, me too. And he's like, you're covered in grease too. And she's like, oh, I just mean I came from work. Yes, that that's totally what people mean when they say that. Like, I'm covered <laughs> in grease. Oh, I just got back from the office. <laughs> like, that's, that. yes, yes, Molly, that's totally tracks. <laughs> 
Um, this so now we're going to go to this cheesecake factory dinner with Nicholas, Tanya, and Howard. And this is like I think probably the highlight of the episode for me is like everything that happens here at the Cheesecake Factory um, and and where it goes from there. Um, we find out has as so the server comes and brings uh, Howard the bread basket um, and. He says, uh, I called ahead and requested a basket of just brown bread. Howard J. Wilson, I spoke with Elizabeth. (laughs) (laughs) She tries to take the other wrong basket of bread. And he's like, well, I didn't say you could take this one. (laughs) This whole thing, it's, I mean, like the whole, like the energy of like, I'm going to write down the name of the person I spoke to. So when I get there, I can be completely prepared. Um, mm-hmm. So um, Nicholas is there. Howard offers him some bread. Nicholas tells him he don't, I don't eat bread for religious reasons. And then I had to put the, I had to put the subtitles on for this scene to make sure I heard this right. His religious reason is he wants to look as fit as Jesus. As fit as all of our like weird imagined uh versions of Jesus mm-hmm. are like in all the paintings and and uh you know monuments to mm-hmm. him. It's it's very funny. It's very funny. Yeah, yeah. Um Tanya shows up and she's immediately like she's not in a good mood. And as soon no. as Howard gets up. She says, F you, mf don't touch me. And she's mm-hmm. mad that Howard liked Danielle's Instagram post with her wearing basically nothing. Um, mm-hmm. Nicholas is going to sense that this is going to be an awkward thing. And he says that he can leave. And she's like, no, you sit down. I like an audience. <laughs> <laughs> this was all not only was this hilarious because again it's to the, to my previous point about like surprise in the in these like comedic moments of like you think you know how certain things are going to go and then well bam it goes a different way this is so fascinating because we spoke on a previous episode of like Howard's relationship with her and how we were only getting Howard's side and we were trying we were discussing like whether or not his paranoia um was uh was uh, merited or not in this situation and based on how she reacts here it seems like the answer was absolutely merited for him to be paranoid because i just remember that scene where he hangs up and he's like she was being so nice outwardly and he hangs up and she says oh my gosh she's furious yeah and here we see that side that he seemed to be referencing there um yeah this is we're gonna learn a lot here about this tanya and howard um dynamic and it's clear like we find out like he got the brown bread for her like she's just like and then she like immediately complains like they ain't got no plates and like so she she's Howard is like very much trying to do whatever he can to um to please Tanya here mm-hmm. um but things are things are off to a bad start she can be a tough woman to please it looks like it's not great it's not great mm-hmm. back at the vineyard Molly's texting Nicholas like that. She doesn't think it's a date. It's just business. Um, uh, Jean-Pierre and Molly are talking, find out like some of his backstory. Um, And apparently like, you know, he worked at a stable. He's had this, like he sort of rejected his family's wealth. He worked as a rancher in Spain, Ariel, 
Um, he Ooh. Ooh la la. <laughs> Ooh la la. As they say in Spain, ooh la la. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mucho horses. <laughs> ooh la la. Mucho horses. Three languages in one sentence. We love um, it. Be beautiful, beautiful languages. Um, he also worked as a bartender and as a boxer. Molly's going to say, like, that's really unusual as a rich person, as like the, the child from like money. Um, mm. And he says that it sort of turned around for he had well, rejected his family's wealth, but it turned around for him when his grandfather died. He told Jean Pierre he wanted him to keep the family legacy alive. And Jean Pierre decided that the only way to do that was by helping people. Um, and, um, you know, Molly kind of says, like, I've met a lot of rich people and they don't think like that. Like, Jean-Pierre is really being built up to be, like, just too good to be true. Yeah. And, like, clearly, um, like, simultaneously impressing Molly and confusing her at the same time. Like, it's that thing of, like, I'm, I'm really interested, but I have no idea if my feelings or... In, uh thoughts are based in reality kind of thing they get a they get a lot of uh good comedic mileage out of the uh is what is his actual intent and right. what is he actually trying to like um tell molly or show her or make her feel yeah yeah the the the, the comedic premise here is is it a date isn't it a date and we're gonna have mm -hmm. these moments where it kind of shifts either way um this is a moment where she's going to get the impression that he has romantic attentions and he tells her that he came to Cerritos just as an excuse to see her um, mm -hmm. and invites her to go outside for a glass of wine. Um, and she's going to, this is like the next level of date attire. She's going to pull down the scarf on one side, exposing mm -hmm. her shoulder. <laughs> so this is God, like the little exposed. data meter. We could like shoulders expose. Um, yes. So she's showing she's showing her like underbelly, so to speak, you know, oh. like that thing of like I'm exposing mm. myself now. Or like maybe a better example is like like the doggy rolls over and it's like yeah, yeah. like look, I'm safe and I'm yeah. also interested. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh la la! Ooh la la! Oh, ooh, la, la. <laughs> um, Everyone that... who's a dog owner is like that is not what that means. I'm not comfortable with using animal metaphors here. Uh, <laughs> um, back, back at the Cheesecake Factory, um, Tanya and Howard are fighting about this Instagram post. Um, she's going to say he liked it because Danielle looks hot in a bikini, even though her toe is all jacked up. <laughs> I love that detail. It's um, a great detail. We all know someone who looks great in a bikini, but their toe is all toe jacked, is all jacked up. up. Like, what was up with this woman's toe? Um, I love Howard saying he likes everybody's posts. He's a great follow. I believe that about Howard. I believe he's liking all of your posts. Don't you think so, Ariel? Yes. He's, I believe him when he says he supports women in sports. Mm -hmm. Like, he just, I think he's liking, he is liking ESPN's Instagram posts oh, as yeah. much as ESPNW's posts. Right. There you go. Equal opportunity yeah. post liker. Yeah. He says he only liked the post because she was at a beach volleyball tournament and he supports women in sports. Um, <laughs> Tanya says, this is why I want to put a dog chip in him. And Howard is like, I have nothing to hide. Put it in a piece of brown bread and I'll eat it up right now. <laughs> right now. 
the brown bread specifically, please, because you yeah, know, that, you know, yeah. he already ate, he he already ate all the white bread. Do you do you like? Have you had this bread basket at the Cheesecake Factory, Ariel? Can you speak to the different bread bread varietals? I have only been to the Cheesecake Factory one time, mm-hmm. and I don't know that I had a meal from what I remember. This was years ago. Uh, I do remember Did how you long get the, you- the brownie chocolate te- teenies. Is that, that why you sounds, <laughs> That sounds like I immediately thought those were like espresso martinis, and this is kind of like just one step level down from what espresso martinis drinker espresso martini drinkers would have you think is like the uh, high class place that espresso (laughs) but it's like a uh some kind of brownie blood you said it the brownie brownie blaster brownie blaster martinis um so ariel do you have espresso martini drinkers as like a category of person in your brain i mean it's that thing of like you i'm not i'll say this i'm not a stranger to like a certain a particular set of bars around mm-hmm. my workplace, perhaps like uh, oh, I was trying to think of the name fast enough where they all go, the Mexican place with like the really good grilled cheese. Like they have their <laughs> yes, places yes, that yes. they like to go to after work. I have my places that I like to go to after work and I am friendly with the bartenders usually at, at my places. That's part of the experience. That's mm-hmm. the only way I will go somewhere is I feel comfortable there. Right. And my point is after a while, like, like, it seems like certain drinks are like cyclical or certain drinks mm. go through like phases. Another one I think of is like vodka soda. Like that was like, you were a very particular kind of person. Mm. If you drink, like if nothing else, bartenders make assumptions about people based on their drink sure. orders. And that's like, Oh, you're that one. Yeah. Um. So I think espresso martini drinkers, I just had one for the first time recently. God damn, it was delicious. Oh my God. And I don't drink coffee. So my friend was like, what is wrong with you? I was like, this is amazing. This is a great <laughs> All to say to answer your question. Yeah. I think espresso martinis are like, it's, it seems like um in the, in like the oversaturation, in the saturation into oversaturation uh, graph perhaps, or like an infographic, mm. it seems like espresso martinis uh, the needle has now pointed in like to the backlash portion okay. where like people are like, oh, we don't like espresso martinis anymore, even though they're delicious. First of all, Ariel, this is my favorite conversation that I've ever had. <laughs> I love this. Um, second of all, I don't think I've ever had an espresso martini, but I'm wondering, are apple teenies still in the rotation? Because I feel Ooh. like when I was in my 20s, that was like mm-hmm. the that was like a sweet drink that like like it like a bar like a bartender would be like oh okay I'll make you an apple like that was yeah. like the version of like a like a trendy drink that people would get. That's a great question. I feel like <laughs> the needle is even way further yeah. along in the lifestyle in the mm-hmm. life cycle of like popular drinks. That it has now out. reached the end, which is like shame on you for ordering that. Like you walk yeah. into a place oh, and yeah. it's like. No, you can't show up anywhere and order that like with a serious face and uh-huh. expect people to make it. Like that's a, it's almost like borderline unfair to like ask a bartender to yeah. make that. Is how I kind of feel about it. Amazing. Can we make a point of one day getting espresso martinis together, Ariel? I will take you to my favorite person who makes them. Oh. And, and we will we will bask in the glow of me on espresso and alcohol. Because <laughs> apparently it's a sight. <laughs> Amazing. 
Okay. Well, that was a very pleasant detour for me, at least. Um, <laughs> but um, we're going to find out that Nicholas is actually on Tanya's side of this article, of this, um, of this argument. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, you know, Howard shouldn't be going around liking random girls' Instagram posts. It's disrespectful mm-hmm. to Tanya. Um, now Tanya's going to all of a sudden come around and say she likes Nicholas and tells him he's way hotter in person, which he gets a lot. Um, and Nicholas is just going to tell Howard to go ahead and apologize so they can enjoy their salty, salty meal. And I couldn't tell if it was like the meal is salty and also Mm. it's emotionally salty or if it was just double salty, you know? Wow. That's, I, it depends on where the writers put the comma. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, I was kind of like, is there a comma mm-hmm. there? Is there air quotes around one of the salty and not the other? I, I, I need to know. I need to see wow. the script. Now. We're really pulling out the the subtext here in this <laughs> episode of Loot. Um, and Tanya's going to accept the uh, apology and ask him to cut up uh, her calamari, just like uh, Ariel cuts up my calamari when we're enjoying oh, a calamari. And we do it for and each espresso, other. Next, next thing, yes, yeah, so I was going to say, next thing is the calamari with a side of espresso. <laughs> so martinis. <laughs> um, back at the vineyard, Molly's like sending the text updates to Nicholas. Maybe it is a date. Um, Jean-Pierre is bringing more wine and they start to talk about you know, getting older, Molly says she can't do hangovers anymore and her peripheral vision is going. She does sort of this like cute routine where she's like doing jazz hands on like both sides of her head. She's like, what if this mm-hmm. was a toddler on a bicycle? What if there's two toddlers? Oh my God, um, I know. So harrowing immediately. <laughs> um, and Javier is going to say, it is a tragedy of life to only appreciate youth when it is gone. Um, and Molly like, tells- Okay, Shakespeare. <laughs> Molly tells him that he just got super French and he tells her that even in France, he's very French. Yeah. (laughs) Even on the spectrum of Frenchness, it's, it's almost too much. Yes. Ooh la la. Ooh ooh la la. Yes. We got it right. Finally. (laughs) Um, He tells Molly that she's different from other women. Um, Mm -hmm. She's fuller. Uh, mm-hmm. which Molly's going to take as like maybe a, a dig at her weight. But he's like, no, Molly, what I am trying to say is that you are everything. Um, and to this, Molly is just going to whip off her scarf, throw it on the ground. And when John Pierre goes to get it, she shouts, leave it. <laughs> it's like you're ruining the moment. It was for dramatic effect. She's so good. My Rudolph. Someone, someone get this woman into comedy. Somebody like give her an opportunity. She needs to be on like if maybe only. like an SNL mm-hmm. or like some kind of sitcom where she can just be funny because she's so good at it. Love to see it. Um, and in this moment, as uh, they're at the height of the romantic potential, as seen by the scarf being flung from both shoulders, revealing both underbellies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She has two stomachs. She's approaching cow territory. <laughs> no, not not. <laughs> we're not going to call Molly a cow. Molly is a pretty good cow name, though. That would be a good name for a cow. That is a good cow name. Oh, love you, Molly. Sorry, facts are facts. <laughs> but at this very moment, a beautiful French woman shows up. Um, immediately, 
making this an, a more ambiguous situation once again. Well, and Molly's kind of just like, what is going on? <laughs> um, At this point, I was all in because now they're like really stretching it. We don't know. We we suspect that he's interested, right? Like we we, we see the glint in his eye. Or is he just like, French? Or, or is, is he, he just, just French? French? Exactly. Yeah. And this this is the moment where like comedically, the, the is he isn't he is working so well because it's just like, oh wow no okay this is like i thought that he was aware of what was happening but clearly even he is um it seems like molly's the only one we think so at this moment who is having this like crisis of intent as far as like his right right and 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 uh, Maya Rudolph is just, like, reading, like, all levels of awkwardness on her face. Like, she's got, mm -hmm. like, the clenched smile, and she's, like, mm -hmm. trying to seem – she doesn't want to cross a line if it is professional, but she wants to send out signals because she is interested, and she doesn't want to look mm -hmm. like a fool. So she's doing a really good job playing all of that. Um, back at the Cheesecake Factory, Tanya and Nicholas are just like, they're vibing so well together. Tanya says, you know what? I want to come back. Low rise Capri pants. And Nicholas says, <laughs> thank you. My calves are like my best feature. And Tanya <laughs> says, why did I get that tattoo of the Tasmanian devil if I can't show it off? And then they cheers their brownie blaster martinis, which I will say is the color of the most famous Tasmanian devil. So... That's a fun oh, little. Oh, okay. Little extra, extra. <laughs> you think you, you you think that's an Easter egg there? Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> if there was like the 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 um the pop up video from the old days of MTV, that that's what that's what this would be. Like brown is both the color of the drink and a Tasmanian devil. I think that was a VH1 property, Ariel. I believe. See, showing my age because, like, <laughs> I I was I'm like oh, I'm old enough to have experienced it, but yeah, but I was young to, enough to like not really quite be paying like, attention. Up, yeah, tag all of the the key elements there. Um, mm -hmm. What do we think of low rise capri pants? Absolutely not. <laughs> like, I'm a big tennis head, mm -hmm. and I remember the days when Nadal was first on the scene, and he was playing tennis in capris, and it's mm. arguably the most impressive thing he ever did, more so than the 22 Grand Slams that he's won, mm -hmm. because for you to bend your knees and run around athletically when your knees are constricted by capris, I don't care how loose they are, that is insane. Like, I don't understand yeah, capris were really popular, I think, in the early aughts. Was that like kind of when they that were right? That's like that when they right. were started. That's right getting... around when Nadal was running. Yeah, running. yeah. We keep rusted on the scene in like oh oh four, oh five. They're so oh, bad yeah. for your proportions, especially lower. It's like it cuts you too many places. It makes your legs look short. You don't want like it makes you look like, like you have a long torso short. Like it's not good. Like the ankle is a good length. Like obviously, That's like an automatic leg. must be good. photoshopped. Like mm -hmm. you're setting yourself yeah. up for like a lot of post work, a lot of like yeah. fix it in post. And we don't have that kind of. <laughs> um, Howard's going to ask for a sip of the brownie blaster martini. And Tanya says that he can't have one. That's his punishment. <laughs> this is so demeaning. Poor Howard. It's so, messed up. It's so like school teacher or like headmistress like you're being punished and like she clearly is getting a little bit of enjoy not quite enjoyment out of it but clearly oh, it's she like loves so, it. 
so um, normal for their interaction that like Howard, all right, now you feel shame and you know that you deserve it. Like there's that, Howard has that look on his face. Like She I, loves I the power trip of it. I think Howard mm -hmm. is kind of into this dynamic too. I think it's it doing something like he, for him. It seems like he has to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, when he gets up from the bathroom, Tanya and Nicholas are going to talk. Um, this whole thing, this to me was like the like the real like emotional kernel of the episode. Like this whole thing where um, we get Nicholas here at the middle of this, like learning more about Tanya and Howard's relationship and like his friendship with Howard. Um mm -hmm. Tanya's going to, you know, there it starts off by, you know, Nicholas is just trying to hype his man up. He says, you know, Howard's such a great guy. He's impossible mm -hmm. to hate. Believe me, I've tried. And Tanya's like, just going to be like, yeah, he's all right. He does his best. Um, and, you know, Nicholas is going to mention they've been together for so long and he's sure the next step is right around the corner. And Tanya's going to kind of have a big reaction to that and be like, well, I hope he didn't say that. And um, she's going to say, because Howard is not husband material. She doesn't want to yeah. marry him. He's not husband material. Um, and basically, Nicholas is going to find out that, like, Tanya's really kind of just using Howard until something better goes comes along. And when he asks, like, why have you been with him for eight <laughs> years? And Tanya's like, what? Am I supposed to take an Uber to the airport? <laughs> That's probably my favorite line in the whole episode. <laughs> I was like oh my god what a monster this woman is but also relatable <laughs> <laughs> i mean i have never been in this situation which is why i literally just took an uber to the airport yesterday but so were i were i woman of more emotional means mm -hmm. if you had a tattoo of the tasmanian devil on your cat i'm missing clearly i need to go get a i need to go buy capris and get myself a man that's, that's what like, you that's need what to do. Me. That's what you need to do. You need to get a man who brings you another basket of brown bread. Give me that brown bread. I don't like it. I don't like saying that phrase. I don't want it. <laughs> the regular oh. basket is fine. Whatever you happen to bring me is fine. Like I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna push it. Uh, back at the vineyard, Molly's trying to figure out what all is going on. She's gonna ask Jacqueline how she and John Pierre are connected. And John Pierre says, Oh, she's my partner. And Molly's like, That's a very versatile word in English. Yeah, this is, again, this is incredible. Like now they have taken the is he, isn't he? And now they're pushing it like so far, yeah. like literally pushing it out the window almost. Where like it's just, and knowing, knowing how, how the episode ends, it's just like on this side of, of, um, I don't I can't even say really realistic because that's what makes it funny is like it's so over the top yeah. in some ways but like uh it just they're they're having so much fun and Molly's face again she's just like oh my god this keeps getting yeah. worse like partner what do you mean by partner and I will say that is a very confusing it word. is confusing <laughs> yeah yeah and this is like a very like kind of classic sitcom misunderstanding sort yes. of scenario yes. that like that they keep on pulling on but they're just doing it really well um yeah when Molly's gonna say do you mean partner like business partner partner like howdy partner and that's what you have to do <laughs> laugh and say uh you know oh she's so funny she reminds me of fred drescher and then they're gonna have to go no. and 
I want to say like Fran Drescher is like super duper hot. Like I would like love for somebody to tell me that they were, that I remind them. Of oh Fran my Drescher. God. Fran Drescher is from Flushing Queens. That yeah. I mentioned oh. earlier. Wow. What a nugget. Wow. What an Easter egg within the body. So if just our episode. of <laughs> So Ariel, if you get kidnapped and you're blindfolded and yes. you smell the fish and trails and the you hear Fran Drescher's yeah, voice. <laughs> I can't then, tell if that was a machine gun or if it was like a <laughs> Then we know that you're in, then you have to somehow communicate to me and I will find you. I pro- I will find you and I will bring an espresso martini. You'll hear me say, Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> you'll know. And that's all I will have to say. And you'll just know immediately. Oh, my God. It's like that one oh my God. <laughs> it's like the one place that we talked about. If he gets kidnapped there, mm-hmm. that's what we'll do. We'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out codes for all the other places in the world. As the podcast goes on. <laughs> um, Jacqueline, like, takes him away for a minute. And Molly's like, do whatever you need to do. But, like, not anything. Just, like, the stuff you need to do. Yeah, this is so ridiculous. Um, and then at this point, like, you're watching the runtime of the episode. And you're like, it's almost done. Like, what is going to happen here? What's going to happen? Um, Molly's going to call Sophia and ask her to work her internet magic to figure out whether Molly, I'm sorry, whether Jacqueline and JP are together or if they're just French. Um, and Sophia's gonna uh, get typing away and she figures out that um, Jacqueline is married to a very attractive Tom Ford model. Which I at first was like, oh my God, is this true? Is Sophia making a mistake? But so Hacker Sophia makes no mistakes. No. Hacker Sophia is easily my favorite Sophia. I oh, she's so- it. She's confident in general, but here she's like a whole other level. No, she's amazing. Um, and she nailed this one. Um, so Jacqueline and JP come back. I'm calling him JP now because that's what I did in my notes. And John Pierre yeah. come back with the binder um, and they want to talk business. So it's sort of like in this in this one scene, we have like, oh, no, he's with this beautiful woman. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. The beautiful woman is married to somebody else. Oh no, they this really just is a business meeting. So but we really can't just want to talk business. And you're like, oh, my heart can't take this push I and pull. Know. They're really, they're really taking us on a roller coaster and hopefully not one where we're going to get stuck upside down for Stop. eight oh hours. I've just forgotten finally about that. All that the the blood pool and the- oh no, <laughs> the blood, not the blood pool. Um Back in the office, uh, Arthur is just going to come in and be like, oh, were you talking to Molly? Oh, I hope she's having fun. Bye. This might be my favorite Arthur moment of all time because he comes in and he's like, oh, did you did you say something to me? She's like, "Uh, no, like you literally came into my office. Like, it's so funny. It's like. It's like, oh, oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I heard you talking to Molly, whatever, MBD. (laughs) Poor Arthur. I want to do that. I'm going to do that one day. I'm going to just walk in and be like, did you say something? Did you you say something? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Love it. And Sophia, of course, I mean, to her credit, she plays it really cool. She's like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, she's know. like, oh, cool. My whole office is like in a love triangle. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> great. Great stuff. That's what you want. That won't, that won't end badly. Um, 
back uh, with Nicholas and Howard. They're driving back from the Cheesecake Factory. Um, and Howard thanks Nicholas for saving him tonight. And he goes, do, 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 do. That's our friendship leveling up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very realistic. Do, 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 do. Yeah, he did, he, he did a better job than I did. Um, mm -hmm. Nicholas is going to confide in Howard that Tanya said to him that she doesn't believe Howard is husband material and that she's just using him. Um, and that as a friend, Nicholas realized that he should tell Howard uh, this um, because, you know, he doesn't want him to get hurt. Um, mm -hmm. But Howard is immediately going to just accuse him of lying. And he's already got Tanya on FaceTime. And he's like, is he lying? And Tanya's like, yeah, that's not true. So she like he's denies a liar. It. He's a liar. I love um, it because... It's so, again, my favorite word apparently this episode is surprising. And like any other show, we would get the, okay, Nicholas is going to tell him, but he's not going to tell him right away. He's going to wait because he's like agonizing over whether he should deliver the news or whether he should spare uh, Howard's feelings. And he says it right away. Like Nicholas, again, he's very intentional and he's very, when he cares about people, he's just he seems to want to do the right thing and he seems to genuinely care about Howard. And it was such a sweet, surprising moment that he just told him. And then of course they subvert that by being like, Oh my God, now she's denying it. And he doesn't even believe him. Yeah, they condense so like what would normally happen over like several days into like three seconds, basically. Literally. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, this is a tough situation. Like, I feel like this is something where if you're a friend, you have to tread like super lightly around this kind of stuff. If like you're concerned about like somebody and a romantic relationship, but particularly if it's somebody that they've been with for a while, because like the heart wants what the heart wants and you never know mm -hmm. what's going to happen. And it's like if you put yourself in this situation and it's you or their partner like you just don't know what like that it, that's tricky so it's a tricky thing to navigate I think Nicholas does the right thing here because he really is looking out for Howard but mm -hmm. um it's I think it's a tough thing to navigate and the way that Howard reacts I think is something that you would really have to be concerned about with the way you go into a conversation like this yeah, it's so tough. I have been, I just had like a crazy flashback. I have this friend who kind of inserted herself into one of these situations and it cost her the friendship. Yeah. And these people are still together today, even though arguably they shouldn't have been together or this person, you know, the, the Howard in the real life situation reacted the same way, basically. And it mm -hmm. was like, okay, well now I have to like cut you out of my life, which was like really hard to see. So like, literally i will always lie when it comes to this <laughs> situation like, that, that oh, was my only takeaway <laughs> tanya yeah she's great you guys are great together that's she yeah. loves you she loves when you take her to the airport i mean at least that part is true she does love getting rides to the airport um mm -hmm. yeah yeah so i really feel for nicholas and looking out for his friend but like i do feel like this was something that if you're going to get involved in one of your friends romantic relationships you have to be prepared that this could be an outcome and you have to be really delicate yeah. in the way you handle that situation um so that maybe they can hear it and take something productive from it rather than feeling mm -hmm. like they have to shut you out so um that's too bad uh howard's gonna accuse nicholas of single white femaling him and nicholas is gonna <laughs> say have you even seen that movie and howard says i have but here's a movie i haven't seen 
get out. <laughs> so good. It's so good. And then, of course, the best part is Nicholas leaves. And then he comes back. He's like, wait, have you seriously never seen Get Out? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a great movie. I, have you seen Nope yet, Ariel? I know you see yes. movies immediately. Is it good? Yes. Uh, gra- yes, Grace and I. Oh, you just uh, talked about it, right? We just talked about it. That episode would have just released. It either just released or just about to release. Um, Yes, I really, I really enjoyed it. I would rank just very quickly, no spoilers on anything, but I would rank the Jordan Peele movies um, first, Get Out, then Nope, then Us. Okay. Just FYI. So maybe uh, Howard can kind of catch a movie marathon one day and knock them all out in one yeah, just, <laughs> just start with single white female, the one yeah. that he does know, and then like work his way back. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, at, yeah, and, like, this is going to end with Howard telling Nicholas that they're not friends anymore, which is, like, is super, super, super sad. We can't have that. We have to We have to repair this. We have to repair yes. this. The only, the only person that Nicholas was opening up to, and it's, like, his only friend, and now mm-hmm. it has taken this really, like, fairly tragic, I mean, you know, tragic might be too big of a word, but like fairly tr- potentially tragic turn in their in their friendship because he he wanted to be a good friend. So, yeah. Yeah. Um back at the vineyard, um, you know, Molly is like they you know, they talked business. Molly is going to leave and get in her car as it pulls away she's looking super duper sad because yeah, he's then, like okay nice to see you he doesn't even like give her like a hug or, and then he's I mean, yeah know, and then, and and then he's like anything, we'll but... do like a conference call or whatever next week like, all just... right zoom Ugh. <laughs> um so she's really sour on everything um but as her car is pulling away um, we're just going to get this like super dramatic scene of Jean-Pierre mm-hmm. galloping along on horseback, chasing the car, shouting, Molly, Molly, stop, stop the car. <laughs> Speaking of Quaid, it's very Dennis Quaid in the parent trap. So oh. you know, I just thought of that connection. Does he ride a horse? He does ride a horse. He is a, I think he, he owns a vineyard and he has horses. Wow. And at one, point he has to chase after oh. one of the twins who were both played by Lindsay Lohan. Mm-hmm, and we know how that mm-hmm. turned um, <laughs> So yeah, this is, this is, uh, but to your point, it's a grand gesture, like, uh, that stands on the shoulders of like all these romantic moments from yes. movies and shows. That we it's a very of. grande gesture. Um, and yes. Molly's gonna like, okay, stop, 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 and then the car's gonna stop. And- <laughs> I love the moment where she's like, the the driver's like, there's a man who, and I guess it's Molly's driver, so you wouldn't know. Like, there's a man who who's like chasing us on horse. She's like, stop, it's Jean Pierre. Like, as if like, this like who? Like, like, yeah, okay, who's that? Whatever. So dumb. Um, and Jean Pierre's gonna apologize for his behavior being confusing. He didn't know if this was business or romantic. Um, and you know, Molly's like same Z's and then she's going to like <laughs> hastily, like she's trying to get out of this scarf so she can like be in her like date look, mm-hmm. Yes, um, her, her final form, her final form, full date. And, um, uh-huh. and, um, then they're going to start making out and she's going to say the word partner is so confusing. <laughs> it really not that it can't be used, but maybe there needs to be like a an updated usage. Uh, yeah, I mean, like life I like life part. I mean, like it's tough because like I do feel like actually I was having a conversation about this. 
the other day where it's like, does partner imply like when you're using partner to refer to a romantic relationship, like mm -hmm. does it like imply that the relationship is like at a certain level? Like this is mm -hmm. like my life partner. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, like not necessarily my partner for life, but like, this is somebody like, like we live together. We like buy groceries. We do all this stuff. Like, or could right. you say partner to just mean like, this is somebody that I'm like more casual about. And then I'm like, well, they could be like your like dating partner or your like right. sexual they, partner. They like, help me decide on what dates to go. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I just like partner, like like you could have like like partner could just be sexual partner, right? Like that. Yeah, like, yeah, what? for sure. And, and then that I doesn't like... necessarily, but like like so I, I just like does it imply a certain level of seriousness mm -hmm. in a relationship to use partner? It's a conundrum because I, I believe that there are a pool of people nowadays who like use it as a um, less gender uh, focused version of like traditionally you would say husband or wife or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I know there are some people who say partner as a more like inclusive right. term. So it's just even more confusing because it adds like another layer of like possibilities. Um, but some people refer it to be like like it, as a place like where they might have said boyfriend or girlfriend in yes, the yes. past, which yes. could be like a much less serious, much less committed. Right. Than like a life than, partner than or like, like yes. a husband or right. whatever. Oh, this is very confusing. I'm it's glad I have Molly you as my partner <laughs> oh! to navigate these waters. Yes. And I, and I, and by that, I mean like espresso martini calamari shopping <laughs> right? yes. partners. That's I think those are the defining characteristics <laughs> Uh -huh. of platonic our part, calamari of our platonic <laughs> calamari partners calamari platonic podcasting calamari partners love nailed, it we are the first we, we are copywriting <laughs> that no one no other podcasting duo can ever say that they are those specific set of words um well with those specific set of words we've uh you know we finished this episode another really fun one we have two episodes left right or, or i'm sorry it's a one or two episodes ariel th uh, i think it's we have three, three. It's a full 10, we get a full nine. 10 yeah a nice wow. round number but yeah a there's nice three round number. so lots of lots of possibilities lots what's of, gonna happen what's gonna happen they, like the the will they won't they relationships wise right now at least as far as just will they won't they remain will they won't they evolve nicholas and howard and obviously on a platonic level. Mm -hmm. And then Molly and JP. I love that like JP versus Jean-Pierre couldn't be like any more different, like American versus French. <laughs> um, and then there's like a little bit of a triangle with like Molly, JP and Arthur perhaps also. Right. So, you know, it's, yeah. there's, there's a lot to, to get to in these last three episodes. And also where's Rhonda? Where's Rhonda? We're on Rhonda watch. Um, I'm going to make a prediction. I think <gasps> that Tanya and Howard are going to break up in pretty short order here yeah i don't think we I, can keep howard and nicholas together like apart from each other for more than like one episode max we could have one episode about how they're not speaking right, but right, like right. we got we got to get we got to get those two kids back together they're they're groku yeah. and fujita is that, what, <laughs> is that who they are it sounds like you were saying like the Veggie Tales version of like these real names. You're like Vegeta, like Fig, like Grogu, I'm like, I have, like Grogu I'm like, the Star Wars. It's Goku, but you were it's very Goku. Close. I was like, I'm gonna start talking and hope that the right words like, come out of my mouth. Have my partner yeah. interrupt. <laughs> incredible, incredible. I love that. But yes, what will happen with Goku and Vegeta is 
is is slightly more compelling, arguably, than, <laughs> than the, Molly, than the yeah, Molly romantic yeah. stuff. But but I'm but I'm invested in all of it. Um, so I'm excited uh, well, to see what happens. In the meantime, Ariel, where can the people find you? They can find me speaking broken French on Twitter mm. at that other Ariel uh, Sacre Bleu. Um, I am covering uh, another Apple TV Plus show, Blackbird, with with uh, our friend Grace, and uh, also cover cover movies with her. And we just had a the aforementioned Nope episode that should be in your in your feeds shortly. What about you, Doctor A? Very exciting stuff, Ariel. Well, you can find me on Twitter where I promise I will tweet about anything that I'm doing. Um, and I am at Dr. Amanda R. That's D-R, Amanda R. Amanda R. I wonder what David Chang is doing right now. Mm, I think if we well, if we sign off loudly enough. You think he'll he hear, hear You us. think he'll get his wings? Yes. Stop. Oh my God. Finally. He deserves them. He deserves them for making that from okay. scratch plushie. We'll say it at the same time. Okay. Dune, dune, <laughs> Thank you, David J. <laughs> Have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.